everybody. Welcome to Babs Buzz. Hope you had a good month. Hope you're have, having a, um, a really good day in terms of writing and reading. Don't forget to read because I find that when I read a lot, um, I become much more sharp and skilled with my editing pen, also with my pitching pen. So yeah, make sure you're reading things all the time. A couple of things came across my desk kind of interesting this month. The thread's been very interesting. I want to talk a little bit about marketing your script and, and how to go about it. <clears throat> I recommend a couple of things before you market your script. First, I urge you to have a professionally written query, if at all you can afford it. There are people out there that write very, very good ones for very little money. I like the guy Ashley over at sellingyourscreenplay.com. Obviously, do your homework, do your due diligence. But this guy is just very straightforward, very skilled, can get a very well-crafted letter. doesn't hurt for you to proofread it. Double-check your grammar, that kind of thing, you know. Dot your I's, cross your T's, that kind of stuff. Don't use, you know, pink ink when you sign it. And snail mail, always one page. Don't bother to put a self-addressed stamped envelope in there because you really don't need it these days. Most people, as long as you have your name, your address, your phone number, and contact information, people can find you. There's a There was a very interesting thing that happened. It was so strange. I was looking at one of the Ink Tip newsletters recently, and it said we we're trying to find the writer of this script because the script had nothing but a title on it. Didn't have a registration number, didn't have a name, didn't have a phone number. It had nothing. I don't know if they ever found this writer. They probably did because I haven't seen it posted in a while, but don't do that. Make sure that you annotate your things properly. Get it to where it's really crisp and professional. Again, sellingyourscreenplay.com is quite good for getting those um, pitches out when you're ready. A lot of professionals will take a look at your script. No guarantees, no promises. That's the business. Uh, a lot of you have been asking me about treatments, that you have a story that you'd like to tell someone, but you don't know how to write a script. Good on you. Get it on a piece of paper or tape record it, whatever floats your boat. And I like writingtreatments.com. Now, I will tell you by way of disclosure that Debbie Scott is a client, but Debbie Scott is one of the um, probably the best treatment writers around. Everybody knows her. A lot of people use her. She ain't cheap. Uh, is she worth it? Heck yeah, but uh, you have to reserve your space with her. You have to pay in advance. You, I think she gives you a couple of edits back and forth, but she will not. Uh, she doesn't suffer fools nightly, so don't push her buttons, you know. Uh, but she's very good at what she does. She's been a paid professional for a very long time. Her background is she wrote, um, she wrote a TV sitcom in South Africa. Very fun, really, really fun. I saw some of the reels quite good. She's very skilled with a pen. Uh, that's writingtreatments.com. Mention Babs Buzz if you like. She's, uh, I, I represent Debbie Scott for a script called Full Moon Morning. A few of you may have heard me say that on the show. If you're new to the show, welcome. Where have you been? What are you thinking? You can't get into this business without listening to Babs Buzz and reading scripts at simplyscripts.com. We love simplyscripts.com. Why? Because we learn. I would like you to read, uh, as part of your homework assignment, at least a few pages of Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, the script, I have to tell you, it's very dense when you look at it. I'll be really honest with you. When you read that script and you look at the page, you're like, boy, if I didn't see this movie, I don't know if I'd hang. But I want you to notice something. I want you to notice the wordsmithing skills. I want you to look at how well it's crafted. Very, very beginning. Even if you didn't know these characters, and it's hard to do, which brings me to Shutter Island, but I'll get to in a minute. If, even if you hadn't seen Lethal Weapon, you'd get, a, you'd get a distinct sense of exactly what's going on and where we're going. Why? Because the story is really obvious on the page. 
A lot of people have not seen Shutter Island. A lot of people have. If you haven't seen Shutter Island, Shutter Island is an excellent script. You can get it again at simplyscripts.com. You can get it and read it. Uh, The question of the month has been, it seems to me, how to write good dialogue. So I'm getting to that. Uh, How to write good dialogue. Boy, that's the challenge there is it's not what you put on the page. It's what's not said that you infer or If you're in a situation where expository uh, dialogue is necessary, you impart it on the page. So I tell my writers in my class, I would like you to first decide how the character communicates. For example, one actor may comment on how another actor talks. I'm talking about characters, but you know what I mean, the actor. For example, an alien, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character says... You always agree with him. You always say right. And he goes, right. The guy says, right. Because now you know to expect to hear the word right. Okay. A Han Solo is big with the pronoun I. I? I? Me? I? Me? I'm not going in there. Look, I'm looking out for one tush, my own. I, I, I. Pronoun I. Why? He's a bachelor. And he's got a, a, a blaster by his side. So he's pretty much hooked up. Michael Corleone, he's pure logic, and he really does analyze when he speaks as he he measures each word. And you can tell when he's talking that a war strategy kind of colors his voice, Uh, especially when he's laying out this business of, I'll go in, it'll be me, Captain, and Salazzo. Sit down, I'll talk to him, and I'll kill them both. And... You know, he gets a smack in the head from his brother, who has his own obvious voice, loud, you know, very bombastic, Sonny Corleone. Dangerous Liaisons, that's a very compelling script, one of the best scripts probably ever produced, in my opinion. Michelle Pfeiffer, when she speaks, her character always kind of sees the blush on the rose as she talks, you know. Contrast that with Valmont, who he counts on what he thinks is kind of this pathetic kindness of people you know he knows they're going to be pathetic and kind and he tries to and succeeds in deliberately speaking over their heads with this intense sarcasm that is so so if you didn't watch it and you just listen to him speak you would not know that he's being sarcastic but his visuals to people who are really not paying that much attention because the women he's talking to in those days you have to remember it's a period piece in those days Boy, he didn't make a lot of eye contact with men unless you were probably a hooker. Anyway, so he speaks over their heads. Anyway, how does your character communicate? You have to listen, listen, listen to how they talk. And that's how you write it. Because the good dialogue, the really, really good dialogue is worked on, but it's also worked out and through. How do you do that? Oh, my goodness. I'm a broken record if you've heard the show before. Everyone in class, answer me. Table read. That's right. You have a table read and you can really hear the differences in the characters, and it's such an exciting thing to do. It's so much fun to do a table read. I really love it. I miss it when we don't do it. We were supposed to do one for Dark Legacy, but the script is is really experiencing a myriad of bumps. It's really going to be good when it's done, but it's really noisy right now, so we're fixing it. And when it's done, and the table read is going to be a gas. But what do we do at the table read? We don't drink. We listen. And that takes practice, by the way, because you're going to know what to listen for, and you're going to know what sounds like a clunker, and you're going to dump it. Um, I, I love the hello, how are you? I'm fine example. Um, how do you write the dialogue when you want to say, when someone says to you, the dialogue's too on the nose? Okay, well, I, I do what George Costanza does. I do the opposite. Okay, if someone says to me, how you doing in a script, I might want to change that to, you look bad. 
you know, something to catch the reader's attention. Anything that is indirect is often more fun and more interesting on the page and kind of pops, you know, but direct answers to questions should be really reserved for things like, you know, cop pictures and, you know, that kind of things where our obvious exposition really is needed and discovery is, is, uh, um, a part of the day in terms of what's on the page. Um, I was asked what some of my favorite produced screenplays are and why. I don't, uh, you know, opinions are like tushes. Everybody's got one. I love Clueless. I think it's probably one of the most intelligently crafted scripts I've read and heard in years. Godfather, because of the level of difficulty. Star Wars had a zero sequel feel to it, and yet it screamed sequel. I loved that. It could have just stayed right there and not done a thing. Uh, a Usual Suspects, I've mentioned that in the past. Why do I love Usual Suspects so much? Listen to these men the way they talk to each other. Listen to the interaction, the very poignant moments. Um, there's a scene in the in the cell where, you know, I'd hate to waste an opportunity like this. We'll put together, you know, may as well try to make some money. And uh, one guy sits in the back and goes, I'd appreciate it if you just shut your trap. You very easily can see how people, the guy who says shut your trap, obviously he's the cynic and the guy who's trying to cut himself loose from this kind of nefarious uh, underworld, right? Watch and listen, but don't watch the screen so much. Listen to what they're saying. That's a wonderful exercise that I did very early on when I was first starting this process. I would turn my back to the screen on the TV if I was watching a video or studying something or beating something out to Blake Snyder's beat sheet, save the cat is a must. I would listen to what they're saying. Now, this doesn't always work, but obviously, like in Aliens, the beginning, it, it doesn't work at all. But um, when you're listening to di dialogue and banter and interaction and arguing and tension and all that, it really does help when you don't look at the screen. So don't look at the screen. Uh, again, I love Dangerous Liaisons, Dirty Dozen, Die Hard, Clash of the Titans, the first one. It's a perfect mix of dialogue, exposition, and action. You really need to study Clash of the Titans. Really, really well done. I like Ghostbusters for the uh, repartee, obviously, and one of my favorites is Pulp Fiction in terms of actual uh, ensemble work. Of all of the things that I notice in some of the scripts I've been reading lately is how brief is so good. Like, I'll read you a little something from a script I have. Um, the conductor says, uh, see you tomorrow. Veronica shakes her head. Veronica says, nope, I'll be in Vegas. The conductor says, you a gambler? Veronica says, only when it comes to men. Now, that is so simple, so straightforward, so elegant. You know exactly what she's talking about with one little sentence. She doesn't get into the whole, I burned my boyfriend, my fiance was there, and this one was cheating on me, and that one went over there, and this one went over there, and this one liked pink, and I liked yellow. And you don't get all that. You get only when it comes to men. Okay? Another one that's kind of cool, and this you really can you really get what's coming. Preston drives in silence. Elena, I was thinking maybe we should work on the house together this week. Do some of the things we talked about. Preston. Yeah, maybe. Action. 80 miles an hour. Preston doesn't notice. Elena. Together. All three of us. Preston. Sounds bohemian. Elena. I don't know why I try. You want to fix people, not work with them. Preston. Here we go. Car speeds. Now, you know what's coming. You kind of know what's coming in Maybe in the action, but you know an argument is about to heat up. Why? He says, sounds bohemian. He's trying to be cute. She slaps his hand and says, I don't know why I try. There's, you can say so much with so little. If you use your head and edit and have a table read, a lot of this stuff gets worked out. Most of the time, writers are just too lazy to have a table read. I would venture to say, and this makes me sad to say this, but I'm going to tell you this because it's for your own good. I'm one of those. If you think 
that you can shop your script by simply editing it, feeding it out, getting coverage, and not having a table read, you are mistaken. This is folly. It is a waste of your time. It's a waste of your money. It is a waste of your effort. It's a waste of your sweat. Why would you think, I got a script from a guy, and I'm going to talk about why we let writers go as agents. It's not something we like to do, but I let a writer go this week. Why would you think that just because you got a recommend in your coverage, that you're pooping out rose petals? Are you out of your mind? A recommend is lovely. It opens a door, but that's all it does. The story has to be on the page. If the story's not on the page, if it doesn't fire, if the dialogue's cliche, tacky, stupid, moronic, boring, thou shalt not bore the reader, first commandment of screenwriting, hello, you're trying to entertain people with the story, yes? You got to recommend you think you're all that in a bag of chips? I'm here to tell you, you ain't. It's nice. Good on you. Happy for you, but that standing ovation lasts all of a minute and probably less. You have to get realistic about what the business is and what the business isn't. And I'm here to tell you, if you think you can stand ceremony on a recommend, that's mazel tov. I'm, I'm, cheering you, I'm cheering you on big time. Having said that, I had to let a writer go this week. I didn't want to do it, but I had to. Why? Well, um, the reason why I let writers go, I don't know about other agents. Every agent's afraid to let a writer go because here's what they think. They think as soon as they do it, the writer's going to hit it. Ed told me, and I will repeat this to you guys, he said, Barbara, kid, kid, he says, kid, you're going to pass, kid. You're going to pass on a hit. Jaws is going to fall in your lap, and you're not going to know it, and it's going to get right by you. Forget it. He's right. This picture that I'm speaking of that I let this writer go because of this wonderful hook that I love and just the script wasn't firing till I put another writer on it, and the, the original writer was just pissy. He's just pissy. He's hard to work with. He claims he's easy to work with, but not from where we sit. His naivete got in his way. He was easy at first, but everybody's easy when they want something, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like they buck the they buck the whole thing, you know. Oh, you're you're killing my babies. Well, dude, you asked us to help you, we're helping you. This is the script as it's going out. And by the way, that's the script that's getting all the traction. Now I have to pull it. But I'm doing it because I can see that I can see that producers are gonna have challenge with this particular writer. Unless we can get them to, you know, maybe go to Mexico while they're shooting and you know, buy him a couple of drinks and shut him up. But all of the things that make that particular hook special, Ed said to me, Barbara, let it go. Just let the writer go, let it go. A break will come for this other writer who's in our stable. He's very talented. He's got at least a dozen scripts. He's a writer. He's a director. He's brilliant. He does voiceovers. He sings. There's nothing this guy can't do. He's, he's just amazing. He's one of several really top drawer uh, clients I represent. I'm, I'm really weeding through my, my stable now. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to have an A bench and then I'm going to have a B bench. But I can tell you why I get rid of writers. The main reason why I get rid of writers is the material gets stale. That's the main reason why. For me, it gets stale and I can't get behind it. I, the passion that I originally felt for it, I'm sorry, kids. This is a reality of our existence. You pitch it so much, you pitch it so much, you pitch it, you start to think, wait a minute, could I maybe be wrong about this story? Not that you doubt so much, but you simply have to reflect. Now, that's the main reason why I would let a writer go. Because there's, here's something else. This is going to sound so trite, but it's really true. Maybe the writer can do better elsewhere. I would really be, I would be so, I would hate myself if I held a writer back. I, I would never want to do that. I, I'm 
this guy that I let go, I'll be the first to buy popcorn if his picture's made. I'll put my feet up and go, you know what I'll say to myself? The first thing I'll say to myself is, I saw this guy first. <laughs> and that will be a feather in my own professional uh, self-esteem cap. And if he makes money, good for him. Um, I don't think it's easy to let anyone go. I've been fired by writers before. They're just like, Barbara, you're wrong about this script. Take a hike. I'm, I'm done with you. Okay, fair enough. It all comes down to business. It's not, it, it, well, it comes down to story first, right? You guys are with me on that. Say yes. It comes down to story, of course, but it really does come down to business. It's imperative that writers remember, and this is why this writer is so difficult, and it's really a shame. I don't know if he listens to my show. He might still. I think he likes me personally. He's a very nice man, but he's kind of dopey. And, and I don't say that to be mean. It's just he's got to buck up on what the business is and what it isn't. What it is is this. Almost no one wants to develop anything anymore. Let's say, for the sake of this discussion, I have a script. It's called The Chinese General. You know about it. I've, I've spoken about it on the – if you haven't heard it, well, it doesn't matter – Chinese general gets picked up by, let's say, Sony. The first thing that's going to happen is they're going to start looking at it and developing it. They're also going to vet it. Um, it's going to be very quickly packaged and go probably almost directly to business affairs. They're not going to sit down and pick it apart and say, bring the writer in and do this, do that. Do. They're going to put it to business affairs, and business affairs is going to see who they can match up in terms of talent and contracts and distribution to get it done. Then they're going to take that package up to the committee. And they're going to go, can you green light this, yes or no? And that's how it's done. And I'm oversimplifying it, but that's the gist of it. Because there's not a lot of developing going on, we don't have a lot of time to jack off with a bunch of, uh, of eccentric writers who think every word they write is, 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 should be written in stone somewhere on Mount Sinai. It doesn't work that way. Oh, I wish it did. Because I can tell you straight up, I have a really good eye and a really good ear, and I represent some really super writers. I have seven out of maybe 15 writers. All of them are CAAICM quality. I'm just lucky enough that they're with me, and boy, do I hustle for them. The last two weeks, I have had a record number of script requests since our doors have been open. Something's happening. Things are loosening up. Maybe it's just, who knows? Maybe it's just my turn. I've got two pictures in the pipeline right now that are monsters. As soon as I'm allowed to talk about them, believe me, I will. Everything else is little and small and nice, and my, and my clients are getting salaries, and they're getting paid, and they're mentoring, and they're getting hired, and it's a beautiful thing. They do other things as well. I read all day. That's all I do. I read all day. I pitch all day. I work the phones developing isn't happening. Why? Nobody can afford the staff. You think about this. They got to pay for healthcare. They got to pay for human resources. They got, it's no different than running, you know, a Kinko's. It really isn't. If you sit down and think for a minute as to how difficult, when everybody lines up, the payroll at a studio is massive. The guards, the lot, the real estate, the taxes, and that's just in California. I mean, I can't even, and California, California, that's why everyone shoots here, by the way, and they like New Mexico now because the tax breaks and the tax incentives in Louisiana and Canada. Why do you think the X-Files was shot in Canada? It's cheaper. You know, these people are trying to make a profit. They're not just, so when I say to you that, yeah, it's craft and yeah, it's art and you really got to know what you're doing before you pitch, that's important. Yeah. But you also have to know it's a business. So if, like today, I had to pass on something, but I said to the guy, listen, you have the right attitude. You keep doing what you're doing. Don't take no for an answer. Just because I can't do anything with it doesn't mean someone else can. And you know what? If you really, really, really are that passionate about it, try to find money, make a short film, read about it on Simply Scripts. You'll learn a lot from the people on the thread. Shoot one yourself and then see if you can shoot it yourself. Because honestly, the distance from getting a green light for someone who's not produced is from here to the moon. 
It's easier for you to jump from Texas to the top of the moon than it is to get a green light. And to all that, I say, so what? What else are we going to do? We're going to go to the mall? No. So I, I want you to, guys, as you guys get educated and do what you do and, and get excited about pitching and all that stuff, I'm going to talk about Pitch Fest in a minute. I have a question to ask you. I'm wondering how many writers use stuff from their own dreams within a script. And if so, how you used it. Did it help you? Did it hinder what you were working on? Did you use it as a catharsis? Did you use one line in a script? Did it relieve any writer's block? Did it fluff up a scene for you? Did it give you solid footing? Tell me about that on the thread. I'd really like to know. And even if you want to put some samples on the thread, that would be lovely too. Okay, back to um, exposition and action and dialogue. Exposition and action and dialogue, you can use the, the fastest way to do that, right, kids? Verbs. You want to use a lot of verbs. I had, um, I'll read this segment on Shutter Island. What about their victims? These are all violent offenders, right? They've hurt people, murdered them in some cases. Doctor says, in almost all cases, yes. Teddy steps away from the brain model that he's looking at there. Then personally, doctor, I have to say, screw their sense of calm. All of the things that are hap that's happening in Shutter Island is, is, there's a lot of expository things going on, but they're doing it peppered with action. The lead character is standing around a brain model. He's touching it. He's looking at it. So it's very exciting to see how this, it, it, not very exciting, but the tension is ticking upward. It's, up, it's rising action. We, we love that. It's really important that, that you see that. Uh, Pitch Fest is coming up. I'm going to be teaching the class July 22nd at the Marriott. Uh, if you're going to InkTip, this is really exciting. This will be my second one for InkTip. And this year, I'm not going to be hearing pitches. I'm going to be pitching right alongside of you. I want to uh, give a shout out to uh, Brett Martin, who was very nice in the Simply Scripts radio interview, who mentioned me kindly. He's absolutely right. When you go to these pitch fests, you want to show a little leg. That's really all you want to do. You want to tell them what got you excited about the story, why you wrote it, why you think it's something that could be cast worthy, why you think it's something that would actually make everybody money, but more importantly, why the story rocked you, why the story moved you, why the story put your hiney on a plane to fly to wherever to do a pitch. It's very exciting to people to stand around with other writers. And Brett really did the right thing when he was sitting with his one sheets and talking to other people, he let them do the talking, which brings me to a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People, one of my favorite books ever. I think it kept me out of jail when I think about it. No, seriously. You need to um, read that book. It, it should be part of your DNA, just like uh, Save the Cat. Jimmy Desi is a, a, a singer friend of mine from 100 million years ago. He's writing a musical with my friend Carl Casella. Carl Casella is a big shot in New York. He's a sound guy who knew that sound had to be designed. Carl does it. He does it masterfully. Jimmy is an excellent writer and singer. It's, it's, a, it's a real uh, thrill to be associated with these guys. Anyway, they're writing a musical, and Jimmy is really a fine lyricist and just a great singer. And he, One night I was doing a session, and I was in my early 20s, and Jimmy said, listen, I love you, but you are so obnoxious. Please read this. And I read that book and it really changed my reality for a very long time. And I still apply the principles to this day. It's uh, one of those books, kids, that when it comes to business, I really hope you embrace the thought processes behind what Dale Carnegie was trying to disclose to you in that book. It's wonderful. And here's why I say that. We tend to be, as writers and creative people, we tend to be sort of self-absorbed and self-centered and we get a little cloistered and, you know, focused and incestuous. And we only hang out with people who make us feel better. Why not ask someone about them? When I go to Pitch Fest, I don't talk about me. 
I ask questions about them. I ask them about their story and their one sheet and their lives and their dog and their cat and their favorite kind of pizza. I don't want to talk about me. I know me. I want, to, I want to hear what they have to say. Why? I get some of the best bits of dialogue that I can give to my writers from people that are talking. It's so fabulous. I am the world's most stealth thief. I've eavesdropped on some conversations, and don't be surprised if it ends up in one of my client scripts. No, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding, actually. It's true. If you really enjoy reading scripts, I highly recommend Lethal Weapon. It, it really will I, I Look, I need action, kids. I need action pictures. I need big pictures. I just read a script called Strain. It is killer good. I mean, it's basically aliens meets under siege. It's rock'em, sock'em action, highly cast-worthy, intelligently written, nothing cliche, very unique and new visuals, stuff you haven't seen before. Really excited. I'm going to be jazzed in July, just like I am every day. I wake up healthy when I'm feeling good. I'm a happy camper. Health is wealth. So when I get at, uh, off the plane, I'm going to be teaching right away, 9 o'clock first thing. And then I'll actually be um, holding court at the Marriott if you want to come down there. And I'll be nursing a seltzer and uh, hanging out with producers that I've invited to come and meet with me. Often they don't show up, but I invite them anyway. Some of them do. Some of the, some of the, a couple of bigger ones actually have been really gracious with their time with me. I'm, really humbled by it because you know i'm outside of la so when they don't uh we don't socialize so when they come to something that i'm doing or show up it's just really it really floats my boat i do hope to see your comments on the thread if you'd like to talk about something that i haven't touched on please feel free to write me or facebook we have babs buzz on facebook now so make sure that you like me even if you don't like me that's okay just like Facebook. If, we, if you'd like to keep the show going, please send Michael a note saying so. We will do the show every month if you'd like, if you are benefiting from it. If you're not, that's okay too. I'll just keep reading those scripts and plugging away. Everybody, I can't thank you enough for letting me into your lives, sharing your thoughts and dreams with me. It's humbling. I'm learning so much from each and every one of you. Know it. So remember when I say this, I mean it. Remember to keep writing. And always remember to keep rewriting, but don't forget to live your life. Peace.